Brooklyn's Radio. Loving events in Surrey. Right, here we are now at the Weybridge Jubilee Festival. I'm with Baz here, who is in front of the Brooklyn's Radio main stage. What's the uh, what's the situation today, Baz? So it's all come together quite nicely. The weather has held off for us, which we were worried about earlier yes. in the week. I think the uh, main stage looks fantastic. It's the uh, first time we've been under such a big stage. And lots of great acts to come this afternoon, of course. Uh, so we've got the mayor coming along at around uh, 12 o'clock to open up. Uh, then following that, we've got uh, a mixture of uh, choirs and uh, dance schools. And we've also got some live acts with uh, Ari Tahan, who's a fantastic singer, and uh, the brilliant Matthew Paul Carthew as well. Uh, so if you get a chance to come along to the park this afternoon, that would be amazing. Yes, and there's lots of stalls here, Baz, and next door to us is a nice coffee stall. So, yeah, there's a lovely coffee stall, uh, that's called Little Gems. Uh, you'll hear all the children in the background, by the way. Uh, we've got uh, 45 children from St George's Junior School, just about to do their rehearsal. But as you say, 60 stalls, uh, market stalls to buy food for it, um, and lots of charity stalls as well. So, again, a great event for this afternoon. Thanks very much, Barry. Weybridge Jubilee Fair. I'm with Valerie Shaw from the Arts Society. Hello Valerie. Hello. Now tell me a bit about the Arts Society. Well the Arts Society was founded about 50 years ago and the Weybridge Society is about 22 years old now. We meet the second Tuesday of the month. We don't have a lecture in July 
Um, there are about 400 societies throughout the country, about 300 accredited lecturers who give us a talk um, about the arts uh, and about heritage. So if you're interested in finding out more, um, please come along. Um, we also have, it's also social, we have visits, we go out maybe two or three times a year to a country house. Um, we also have extended visits. We alternate with a holiday in the UK one year and maybe go abroad the next. So um, we're always looking for new members. So I was thinking the arts was like painting and so forth, but there's obviously a broader spectrum. Yes, that's why we decided to come to the fair, because um, lots of people haven't heard of us. The Art Society. We sound like painters, don't we? But we're not. <laughs> we're just people that are interested in the arts, and we're very friendly. Um, it's also a way of making friends. And uh, I've been a member for about 10 years now, and a lot of the founder members 20 years ago are still with us. It's, um, it sounds like that you're sort of dealing with a lot of history in the local area as part of the arts. Is that true? Yeah, we had a lecture in March um, about uh, playing fields and sport, um, how, how that all began. So it is a wide spectrum um, of subjects. Okay, so if people are interested in this and would like to join, how do they go about it? Um, we have a website, the Art Society Weybridge. Please look us up. Um, that, that's, that's the way to do it. And uh, we're giving out leaflets today at okay. the fair. And you're always, you don't need any ability. Anybody can come? Anybody can come. Just come and listen and enjoy yourself. Jolly good. Well, thank you very much, Valerie, for explaining about the Art Society and the Weybridge branch. Thank you. And I'm with Linda Bothwick from the Sutin Star Children's Hospice. And uh, they've got a nice stall here. Um, so tell me a bit about the Shooting Star Children's Hospice. Sounds very important. <laughs> we support families and children of life-limiting life age up to 18 um, from birth. And um, we have two hospices, one at Hampton and one at... Guildford. We also have um, in the region of seven shops as well as various supporting groups. We, um, we cover the Surrey area and into London and we are currently supporting uh, in excess of 750 families. Where do you get your income from? Income is raised from uh, supporters groups and um, corporate groups and various things like that. And in your introduction, you said about supporting families. Uh, tell us a bit more about that. I can't. I, okay. ca um, I can't do that side. But there is a need to support families. There is an absolute need. We have a, um, we have a nursing staff um, at both um, our hospices, as well as care at home as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And if people wanted to help a bit more with the shooting star, how do they go about it? Uh, we have a website, obviously, like everybody. Um, we have um, in a region of something like 700 volunteers. You could work in the shops, you could do events, um, you could do quiz nights. There's a very wide range of 
support um, for volunteers. Come into the hospice, come into the offices, whatever your skills are. And you'd say, Linda, there's still a big demand for that sort of support? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, And again, it's volunteering. Um, You can put in as much time as you like um, and you get something back. Yeah. Linda, thank you very much for that brief introduction and uh, doing fabulous work there, the Shooting Star Children's Hospice. Thank you. Thank you. Well, now I am at the Surrey Wildlife Trust display and I'm with Giles Hayes. Um, hello, Giles. Nice to meet you. Hello there. Hi. Yes. Nice to meet you. So tell us a bit about the Surrey Wildlife Trust. Well, we've been going for about 64 years, which is about five years longer than I've been on the planet for. And um, our job is to get the county of Surrey as rich and abundant in wildlife uh, as possible, uh, to, to repair, protect and reconnect the habitats that wildlife depend upon and preserve the, the landscapes of Surrey for future generations to enjoy. Is wildlife under threat in Surrey? Sadly, uh, it looks very green, uh, but because of uh, because of the herbs, uh, the herbicides, uh, and particularly some of the nicotinoids that are being used again in agriculture, uh, some of the uh, uh, a lot of the the pollinators uh, 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 are under threat with that because it affects their navigation systems uh, overall the, the county of surrey is in the the, the county of surrey is in in, in 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 pretty good good shape it's um it sounds to me that pollinators are really important well pollen of course because uh, they <laughs> you know they, they you know everything about us it comes comes from that indirectly for if, if we if we're unable to pollinate um uh, and, and, and regerminate all, all, all the seeds. Then um, I'm growing some runner beans in the garden, and I'm hoping that the flowers are going to be pollinated. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Giles, if people want to get in contact with the Surrey uh, Wildlife Trust, how do they do that? Okay, well, you can look on our website. Uh, you can Google for Surrey Wildlife Trust, or if you want to to. Uh, to volunteer for Surrey Wildlife Trust, uh, the, the email address is volunteers at surreywt.org.uk. Um, uh, if you're interested in learning about uh, our education events, um, uh, there's an email address uh, once again, it's education.centers at surreywt.org.uk. And, our, our home, our home website, which is uh, www.surreywildlifetrust.org.uk. Giles, has been really interesting. Thank you very much. Thank you. So now I'm with the Elmbridge Youth Theatre, and with me I've got Tom Crew, uh, Tom Coombs, and uh, to the music, Brooklyn's radio music in the background, Abba. But uh, Tom, uh, the Elmbridge Youth Theatre, tell us a bit about it. So we're a uh, youth theatre society, we're a registered charity. We work with kids from ages 13 to 24. Um, Basically we put on two shows uh, every year, a concert in the summer and our big musical uh, at the Cecil Hepworth Playhouse in Walton-on-Thames about March. And what type of shows do you put on? So we do uh, big musicals, both some of the classics and more modern ones. So our latest one we just did in March 
was Avenue Q, which is actually one involving professional West End puppets um, that we hired in. And then we've got a concert coming up in um, uh, next weekend, in fact, um, which we will be doing a snippet of later on at the on, on the main stage. So have we got sort of both actresses and actors, do you think? Yes, I mean, we have had um, people go on to the West End, um, but we've got somebody at the moment, um, Jamie, who is on stage in My Fair Lady in the West End at the moment. Uh, I myself have worked backstage um, in, in the West End, um, and we've had, yeah, several people who have gone on to work in, in the theatre industry, both on and backstage. And do you need to have a particular gift to be on stage or can anybody come along? No, I mean, anybody can come along. I mean, we'll, we'll work with you. We can teach people skills. We don't expect everyone to know everything um, straight from, from the start. Um, but even if you're not interested in the on stage, there's plenty of behind the scenes things. I mean, even people who are interested in, say, marketing, we're always looking for people to help with things like that and so on. We're, we're open to any, anybody with any interest. We can work with them. Because if it was me, I'd have trouble learning my lines. Yes, yeah, some some of them do have uh, have uh, problems with that. But we again, we we work with with professionals. We've got again professional directors and so on that have been part of us that come back and help. Um, same professional acting like that. A lot of them do still will come back and help um, occasionally as well. And when you do a production at the Walton Playhouse, you've got all normal sort of lights and sound and so forth? Yes, so, uh, so again, so actually, well, we, we kind of go the next next step up as well in that we we are able to hire in um, extra equipment and things like that, and we like to make it as close to the real thing as, as possible. And like I say, from working with people from the professional industry, we get a lot of extras on top of that as well. OK, so if anybody's interested in joining the Elmbridge Youth Theatre, how do they go about it? Um, so we've got a couple of options. The easiest way is either via our Facebook page, Elmbridge YT. Um, we have Instagram and Twitter as well. Or just um, you Google us and, and we'll come up. OK, Tom, that sounds really interesting. Thank you very much. Thanks very much.
Well, it's Alan here. I'm at the Weybridge Jubilee Festival in the recreation ground here in Weybridge. And I seem to have been naturally attracted to the craft beer tent. So I just thought I'd pop along and see what's going on here. And who am I speaking to? Hi, I'm Lena from Big Smoke. Um, we've got the brewery over in Isha, so we've come down here to sell some beers today. Okay. Now, what's special about your beers? Uh, it's all craft beer. We're local to Isha. Um, we started off just in 2014 brewing behind the Antelope and Surbiton. Um, and since then, we've sort of grown quite quickly. We've got a pub in the Flintgate and Weybridge. Okay, so whereabouts can we get these craft beers? Uh, so we've got the stall here over today, over by the playground, so come come by and get a cold can or some to take away. Otherwise you can go online, um, bigsmokebrew.co.uk, and you can purchase there. Um, we can deliver uh, for any orders, locally or, or internationally. Or okay, nationally, what sorry. type of beers have you got, like pale ales and so forth? Yeah, we've got pale ales, um, lagers, we've got our Hellers and our Pilsner. Um, we've got a New England pale ale, which is our Fruju. And we've got a cider there, if that tickles your fancy. And we've also got our um, Do whatever you want. charity collab beer, Freeverse. So all proceeds go towards charity. It's for Pride Month. Um, so yeah, come and grab it. And all of these then, did you say, are made in Isha? Yep, all made in Isha at the, um, at the brewery. Started off, like I said, just behind the Antelope. And then 2019, we got the warehouse. Um, and so you can come down there as well. We've got a tap room, so you can come check it out. And you can get some free samples? Yeah, you can, you'll be able to try everything in the tap room and then help yourself to a cold pint. Right, so leading on from that question, um, tell us a bit more how you can be contacted. Got an internet page? Yeah, so it's just www.bigsmokebrew.co.uk. Um, there you'll be able to have a look at the beers that we've got on offer. It has our address to come down to the tap room. Um, and you can buy merchandise on there as well. What, do you know which one's your favourite? I mean, this favourite in terms of the public and your own personal favourite. What would you say? Um, I would say Cold Spark. It's a good sessional citrus parallel, um, which is great for summertime. That's called Cold Spark. Yeah. And uh, what do you drink? Cold Spark is normally, or to be fair, quite like a gin. We've got um, a, a gin distillery in Kingston. Um, so we've got London Dry, Sicilian Lemon and the Rhubarb Pink Lemonade. Well, thank you very much. This is one of the more interesting. <laughs> I got a personal interest in a craft beers, so uh, thank you very much indeed. No worries. Thank, thank you. you. Well, I've just been going to the uh, Big Smoke Craft Brewery, and uh, next I'm at the gin um, a gin stall that we've got here, and I'm with George Pepper. Good morning. How are you doing today? All right, thank you. Uh, so, tell us a bit about uh, the gin company here, your Silent Pool. So, we're Silent Pool Gin. We're from the Surrey Hills, just outside of Guildford, um, just down from Newlands Corner. We're an artisan gin distillery. Uh, we've been operating for about 10 years now. We've got a range of signature gins, ranging from 24 botanicals uh, down to our small batch, which are more fruity. Uh, come visit us, we do distillery tours. Uh, also, if you go to our website. Because I thought Silent Pool, I used to take my children there, it was a Silent Pool. I didn't realise yeah. there was a distillery there. So we are named after the Silent Pool down in Guildford. Uh, we are literally on the edge of the Silent Pool. Uh, not like most distilleries, which is in an industrial estate. We actually take the water from the Silent Pool, which is distilled into our gin. 
it's uh, it's just a lovely area to be really it really is yes and you do a range of gins we do a range of gins we've got three signature gins we've got a rare citrus um our original one 24 botanicals we're a little bit famous for as well as a rose and then we do a small batch range which are seasonal or as and when we get ingredients in because to me it seems like gin is becoming more of a popular drink it is definitely um I believe they changed the law on gin, so uh, back in the day you had to produce a massive quantity of gin to be able to sell it to the public, and they've changed the law now so you can do smaller batches to create more interesting flavours. How much is a small, I mean how many litres are we talking about roughly? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I believe it was a lot. It was to discourage people from uh, distilling it themselves at home. <laughs> so Perish know, the thought. Exactly. Mother's ruin and all. So it's, um, it's changed now. shot eyes the following morning. Exactly. No, well, our gin doesn't do that. Your gin's lovely. It's very no, refreshing. I just wondered how many litres the company produced. I, I no, honestly okay. couldn't right. tell you. I know we do very well, Lots though. Lots of shakes of heads around here from the, from the, uh, from the staff. But uh, the bottles look particularly interesting, not your normal sort of bottle. No, so our signature range of bottles has all of the botanicals that's in the gin on the bottle. They're orange until everyone loves them. And then our small batch bottles are hand-bottled and hand-labelled. And uh, you've drawn my attention to a special gin. Yep, so we've done a special limited edition Platinum Jubilee gin. Uh, it's in a bit of a special bottle. It's uh, teal and silver. It's got the dates for the Jubilee on it. And it's a really, really nice creamy peach with oolong tea, um, some citrusy peppers in there. And we like to serve that with an elderflower tonic or a Mediterranean because it's got a rose base. It's the perfect summer's drink on a warm day in the garden over ice. Yes. So now, um, how do people get hold of the, this gin? So you can come find it as market stalls, we're at a lot of market stalls. Um, also come to our shop at the distillery at Silent Pool. Or we have a website, uh, Silent Pool Gin. Uh, we're also in Waitrose and John Lewis. Excellent. Okay, then I'll just make a personal note of that. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Thanks that was really much. interesting. Have a lovely day. I'm now with Major Lester, who is, I believe, the owner of Weybridge Pottery. Yes, that's me, Weybridge Pottery. We're in Mayfield Road in Weybridge, um, and we're a, uh, a studio which has something like 18 students. And today here at the fair, we've got work from uh, three students and my own work as well. So this fabulous display we've got here of plates, uh, I see you've just sold a teapot, we've got some milk jugs and some vases. These have all been made in Weybridge. That's right, they've all been made in Weybridge. And uh, I work in two types of clay, stoneware and porcelain. Uh, lots of big pieces are in, done in stoneware. Where I'm looking for translucency, that's done in porcelain. Um, and we also do quite a lot of baby feet. So if you're a mum and you've just had a baby and you want to immortalise your baby's feet, then we can, we can press that into a, uh, into a pot and it's there forever. My limited understanding of uh, China, porcelain is quite difficult, isn't it, to work with? It is quite difficult, but I use a special porcelain from, um, from Stoke-on-Trent, designed by a man called Harry Fraser. And uh, he, he realised that there was a, a, a place in the market for a, for a porcelain that was throwable, that you could throw on the wheel, and was translucent, white porcelain. Um, and so that's the one I use. It's quite expensive, but it's, it, it's a very good clay. The, the, the main thing about it is it's much less pasty than a normal porcelain. Normal porcelains are a little bit slimy and pasty, and when you, when you go up on the wheel, they tend to 
collapse back down again, <laughs> whereas Harry's, uh, Harry's porcelain uh, stays up. So a lot of this stuff, in fact, what, 95% of this is all made on a wheel? That's right. Almost all of this is made on a wheel. Um, one of my, pot, my potters, uh, Taru, here down the front, she's a slab builder, so she rolls out clay and slabs and then constructs the, the pot. Uh, and it's more sculptural. It's more sculptural-type work. But I, I like working on a wheel, and, all my, and typically my lessons are to students who want to try out the wheel and work on a wheel. And have you always been a potter? I have. I'm, I'm now been a potter for 61 years. <laughs> um, but we've, I've only been selling my pots for 20 years. So I come to events like this. I, I mean, you know, I don't make a, um, a large number of pots per year. I maybe make 100 pots a year myself. My students, some of them, Zoe here, um, is very busy. She makes, as you can see, loads of pots. She probably makes more like 200 a year. Um, but, um, yes, it's not, a, it's not a, a really a venture to make a lot of money. It's more a venture about making something satisfying that people will use in their home. That's what I like. So if you've got some people want to come along and they, they fancy themselves are doing a bit of pottery, is it open to them? It certainly is. I'm, I'm, I've got, um, as I mentioned earlier, quite a few students at the moment and I'm open for more students as well particularly in the summertime when it's the nicest time to be a, a studio potter. Um, and you can always find me on Weybridge Pottery. That's just one word. Type that into your Google um, or any search engine and it'll come straight to, to Weybridge Pottery. Yes. And do, can, you, can people commission particular pots? They, they can indeed. Um, some people have, I do their house on, as the lid of a casserole. I do the baby feet, as I mentioned earlier, um, and I just do pots that people want. Specific, you know, some people just want a particular type of pot. I actually really like doing commissions because they're very challenging um, technically. Um, people imagine pots just sort of kind of emerge off the wheel, but actually, yes. there's, there's, <laughs> there's a long process after the first week. So you make a pot on the wheel the first week, then you have to turn it the next week, then you have to dry and smooth it, then you have to bisque fire it, then you have to glaze fire it, and it may not be finished then. So uh, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of work going goes into making a pot. But I like, I like making specific pots for people's specific problems. Good. Well, listen, I'm looking at some fantastic plates here, really. You know, one with a helicopter on, uh, a cricketer, yes. uh, tennis, yeah. um, a darts plate. Yeah, so this is a white player. plate with a darts player on darts it. Player. I mean, it's just... So these, these are all, basically, this is six riffs on a Banksy. So I don't know if you know the original Banksy. This is a very famous Banksy, the girl in the balloon. Um, and it's basically about love escaping the little girl. Um, so all the other plates are in the same theme. The cricketer has been bowled out by love. Darts players aiming for love. The dinosaurs just thinking about eating love. And the volleyball players are batting love backwards and forwards. The tennis player is at love all. Yes. I mean, so in effect, on these plates, there's a story. Yes, that's yes. right. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and, you know... Not everyone wants to buy the set. In fact, someone just came up and bought a cricketer um, because, you know, England's doing quite well in the cricket at the moment. Yes. And that quite often happens. People will buy, you know, a tennis player because Wimbledon's coming up or something like that. Um, so you get, you know, very people quite often tie the plate to themselves. The kids love the dinosaur one. Right. Thanks very much. I'll tell you what, we'll just recap on how people can get in contact with you. So it's Weybridge Pottery on... On the, type that into your search engine, just one word, and you'll come to me 
quite quickly. That's really interesting. Thank you so much. I'm now with the Weybridge Division of the Surrey Beekeepers and with me is Michael. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So the Surrey Beekeepers, what's that all about? Well, it's local people who are interested in beekeeping and uh, we have training courses to start people from scratch. We also have a lot of quite experienced beekeepers. Uh, We also provide a service when people have a swarm arrive in their garden which can be quite frightening when you have a a cloud of 15,000 bees arrive we come out and remove them for people if they want to find us they go onto the BBKA website and put in the word swarm and that will take them to a page they put in their postcode and you will then get the telephone number of someone within very close proximity who can comes and comes and removes the bees I'm sort of horrified that a swarm of 15,000 bees could, de- could descend on your property. I mean, how frequent is that, Mike? Um, at this time of the year, very frequent. Is it? Uh, the week before last, I had four swarm calls in one day. Uh, this week, I've had one day with two swarm calls. But if you think of where you are here, I've been called to a swarm in the church, uh, just by the, the garden, alongside St James's Church. I've had two swarm calls for the allotments just to the left of us here Uh, so it's a very common thing at this time of the year and where where are these bees coming from it's the normal cycle of bees Uh, we be the queen bee lays individual bees which are the elements how many but she she can be laying up to 2,000 eggs a day which is more than her body weight so she's basically an egg-laying machine. And the next stage is that the colony multiplies. So when the cr- colony gets too crowded in the space where its nest is, the workers decide that it's going to swarm. The queen then lays a special egg, which, or several special eggs, which will form new queens. And once those have turned into a chrysalis and a, the cells have been capped off, roughly half a complete cross-section of the population leave with the Queen as a swarm and they settle on a branch somewhere nearby. From that swarm, there are scout bees are going out looking for a new place to move to. They don't have estate agents. They go out and look for themselves. They then come back, communicate with the other bees in the colony and they then go and investigate and out of maybe five or six possible locations they democratically decide which one they're going to go to and at a certain point the decision is taken and the whole lot within 10 minutes disappears and goes to the place that they've decided on. So this sounds like a very sophisticated society. It is a highly sophisticated society. The bees are fascinating creatures and once you start getting involved with it it becomes more and more complex. A bee can decide how much water there is in the nectar because it will only start sealing the cell off as honey once the water content drops below 20%. I have to use a machine to check it. They can test it. We don't know how, but they can test it. They also have this ability to communicate 
I talked about the bees going out to find homes. When they come back, they have little waggle dances which tell the other bees where it is that the potential house so they know where to go. And they can be to precise within an inch of the area that they're going to go to. So the, the, their ability to locate is amazing. And we haven't really talked about the honey aspect. Honey is a byproduct. <laughs> The, the bees, the existence of the bees is the most important thing. And they obviously use, they pollinate things. The pollinating process is spreading the pollen. But the reason they're spreading the pollen is because the flowers produce nectar, which attracts the bees in order to do the job for the flower of pollination. So what is the purpose of the bees producing honey? The Several types of bees, honey bees, survive as a colony through the winter. But there's no nectar, no food supplies through winter. So they have to store it so that they've got food to get them through the winter. Bumblebees don't store honey. They don't produce honey because they all die out and only the queen survives through the winter as in hibernation. So the, the honey is their winter food which they store in their nest together so, with pollen. So when I see people drawing out trays of honey from the hive, is that sort of in a way, probably Robin is too strong a phrase, but... I hope that all of the, our beekeepers don't take all of the honey out. A colony needs approximately 40 pounds to get through the winter. And I hope that everybody leaves 40 pounds on. Last year was an absolute disaster. I had eight colonies and five of the eight colonies were on the verge of starvation at the end of July, which is the point at which they should have had all their stores for the winter and enough to get them through until the following April. But we didn't, so I had to supplement their food by feeding them with sugar. And that, if I hadn't, they would have died out. So and that wasn't because I'd taken any honey. I did, last year I took no honey off at all, but I still had to feed them. I had to feed them 75 kilos of sugar so that they could get through the winter to get through to the south. We could talk about this for hours. So if people are interested in becoming a beekeeper, uh, yeah. how do they sort of start? They go, if they put, go onto the internet and look up Weybridge Beekeepers... Up at the top, there is a, a tab which says interested in beekeeping with pull-down and we do a taster session where people could come along, don a suit and actually be there as we open up a hive and see what's inside. After that, if they're still interested, they can do a 10-week course that we run. A training course. A training course starting in January. It runs for 10 weeks of theory until April. And then from April through to June, end of June, July, uh, there's another 10 weeks of practical uh, course as well. Because there's nothing like the taste of honey in the honeycomb. It's very rare for you to see it now, but it's special, isn't it? It's, we have honeycomb here on the stand at the moment, which is cut comb. The old days, we used to have them in little wooden frames, sections. But it's actually quite difficult to get the bees to put them in and seal them all up nicely. Yes, yes. 
So what we do is we use the cut comb instead. Well, I'm going to... It's very, um, it's very, very good. I'm going to finish this interview now. Okay, Thank you very right. much. And I'm going to see about buying some of that cut comb honey. Okay. Well, here on the counter. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, we've got a, a little bit of Elton John for you to try and bring a bit of sunshine this afternoon. Uh, so let's see. John brightening up the day today. Uh, well done to the fantastic children of the St. Charles Borromeo School. Now we've got one more left, and ladies and gentlemen, mums and dads, we've saved Elvis till last. But that does mean that we want to see you moving this afternoon and joining in, because you're all sitting very calmly at the moment. It's a Saturday. Come on, we want to give a bit of energy. So, are we ready for this? Uh, let's give them one more round of applause for the Elm Presley and Burning Love.
hear it for the St. Charles Borromeo School Choir. And that completes our coverage of the Weybridge Jubilee Fair and Arts Festival held at Churchfield's Recreation Ground on Saturday the 25th of June. There was live music, food and drink, face painting, games, dog show, choirs, cabaret, market artists and crafts and community charity and sports stalls. A great event indeed. It was organised by the Weybridge Society and Weybridge Town Business Group and supported by Brooklyn's Museum, Brooklyn's Radio, Surrey County Council, Ambridge Borough Council and St James's Church. I know Brooklyn's Radio team thoroughly enjoyed themselves today. Our thanks to Barry Richards, James Pierce, Leanne Brown and Alan Timbrell. Thank you for your interviews, Alan. Brooklyn's Radio. Loving events in Surrey.